Troll 2, Batman and Robin, Wild Wild West. These are but a few of the films that myself and Kevin have reviewed on our Patreon-exclusive monthly show, Cinema Swill, where we take a look at some seriously rubbish movies. $5 backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinemaswill will get access to every episode of Cinema Swill. There's a bunch of other bonus goodies over there too, including an exclusive video edition of Pepsi Swirl. To join or simply just to find out more information, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl. Alright, let's get swirling. Swirl! A common practice among the Amish with members of their community who have wronged them is to shun. It's episode number 51! Hello everyone! Vis-a-vis Pennsylvania! Here we go! It's Kevin and Sam, 51st episode! So much more important than the 50th, really, when you think about it, because anyone can be 50, but how many people do you know who are 51? Not many, I'm imagining. We're, We're going through Hollywood, we're knocking on the doors, and in this case, we're going to the spooky graveyard of oh, it's not spooky graveyard is it it's just because it's old and black and white it's a black and white special hey oh kevin on the skype window you're all in black and white i can't oh no that's an issue with my computer but i no, thought you've done something special for the episode yeah no, no you, okay. you need to check if it's in warranty you know <laughs> and of course when sam rang me on skype because it's a black and white special it went you know, an old-timey... Yeah. Uh, and underneath was wheeled out <laughs> to play the... <laughs> now, thankfully, Sam has already used the terrible joke of us not seeing in colour, and that's why uh, we yes, are yeah. doing uh, a black-and-white swirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I cannot vouch whether or not this will be used at least several more times throughout the episode, but I'm Kevin, and I'm joined by my OTP Sam, and Sam, you've not seen any movies, and today, that means that you're going to have to have bit of a history lesson, because what is the movie du jour? It is Citizen Kane, which is the Citizen Kane of Citizen Kane. I mean, I would almost say it's like the Godfather of, of Citizen Kane. <laughs> of the, uh, the God- I mean, it almost was like the pre-Godfather of movies, if you know what I mean. In that before sure. the Godfather, there wasn't really a movie that was quite like the Godfather of movies, quite like Citizen Kane was. <laughs> the Citizen Kane of movies. In many respects, Godfather is the Citizen Kane of the post-Godfather movie universe, and Citizen Kane, the Godfather of the pre-Citizen Kane universe. So we're watching Godfather again on this episode. I can't wait to just dip back into that. Yeah, but you have to watch it in black and white, so you have to <laughs> get your TV and put over the uh, the contrast or the saturation and turn it all the way down. Yes. Sam, I don't know about you, but back when I was a kid and there was still easy-to-access and easy-to-remedy bar sliders on your television on how to change things. And when you said bar sliders, I pictured tiny little burgers on, like, a wooden thing at a nice bar. Like, you- <laughs> Oh fancy cocktails and little burgers. <laughs> 
you're at the bar and you go, yo, hit me. And some sliders just come rolling down that bar, like, bam, right in the hand. But I remember you, you very, uh, now I'm too scared. I'm intimidated by my television to change any of any of the effects. Oh, for the love the of God, don't go into the menu and try and yeah, change just, something. Yeah. Or, or, you know, it scares me. Like, sometimes I'll let an older boy do it for me. But as it stands, <laughs> I'm too scared. But back in the day, I'd be like, hey, you want to see something fucking wild? Do, do you want to see The Den and Dustin the Turkey in black and white? And I'd be like, ew. And the kids in my in my house would be like, no, what are you doing? You're getting rid of all... It's like Pleasantville, a movie Sam's probably not seen where all the no colour... And all the colour's gone away. Right. And I'd be like, only jagging you, and then I'd pop it back on, like, you know, and... But now, of course, this is inescapable, because if we turn down the saturation, all we'll do is make the movie invisible this time. Yeah, it, I, that is true. It's like dividing zero by zero. It's like, it just, you know, the calculator blows up, slash the smart TV will have a field day. Field Orson day? Wells. <laughs> Orson Welles will come in and just say, no, this is not... Wow, not this, is, this is not on. You're not allowed to do that. What do you know about this movie? I'll be honest with you, Kevin. I know that Rosebud is the sledge. And it, uh, people say sled. Oh, it's, yeah, I it's say a sledge. sledge. It's a sledge. Sledge. It's a sledge. Da, da, sledgehammer. Yeah, not sledgehammer. Gotta score a goal. Um, <laughs> so, I, know, I know the big spoiler. Yeah. Because that's one of those ubiquitous spoilers, much like Luke, I am, I'm your dad. That is like bandied around. It's like fun. Everyone, everyone knows this spoiler. It's it's common spoiler knowledge, guys. You know, we we all know it. Like you're on a night out, someone breaks a glass, and everyone goes rosebud. Hey! <laughs> you know, it just it happens. You can't escape it. It's part of life. You know. I know that. I know it's been referenced in The Simpsons a few times. Uh, the the one that sticks in my mind is this is the cane from Citizen Kane. Wait a minute, there was no Kane in Citizen Kane. So, you know two bits of information about this movie, then. You know the the spoiler and the emotional crux of the entire third act? Yeah. Awesome. And you also know that there is not a Kane in this movie. Well, that's what I've been told by The Simpsons. Well, eagle-eyed viewers will have to keep their eyes out in this one. Mm. I mean, do you know the episode of The Simpsons that's most heavily references this? I think there's one with is it Sideshow Bob running for office or something. No, have I made that up? Pretty much any time anyone runs for office in The Simpsons yeah. in the first four series. Because when Mr. Burns runs for mayor, it's very, very similar. But no, that, yes. that's not what I meant. There's, a, there's another one that's kind of more, mm. more directly related to the Rosebud kind of dynamic. Oh, Maybe my memory's fading of Simpsons episodes now. It's oh, been a long snap. time since I've watched the classics. The classics? Oh, you, yeah. you spent a lot of time catching up on season the 30, new ones, right? obviously, yeah. Obviously. Sunday night, 6pm. Mum, get, get my tea ready. It's time for a new <laughs> Simpsons. I wonder who will guest star this week. They, like, the one with Tony Blair feels recent to me still. And that's Jesus bad <laughs> new ones. Sam, God, you, you know upsetting. what country you're living in, right? Like, you know, <laughs> you, know, you know, we've moved on from Tony Blair since, like, you know? Some of us haven't, mate. New yeah. Labour. <laughs> new Labour will never die. There's only one Ed Miliband. <laughs> so it is, of course, the, the episode with his teddy bear Bobo. Oh, is... yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. I didn't realise that was Citizen Kane related. Now, I wanted to ask you mm. what knowledge, if any, you have of the... Actor, director, the absolute... The man for all seasons for Hollywood circa the 1940s and 50s. I'm talking about Orson Welles. What, what is your knowledge of old OW and 
Are you familiar with the name at all? What was that name again? Orson Welles. Right, well, Kevin, I've seen those big holes in the ground with water in them, but I've never thought, oh, that's... That's awesome. So I'm not that familiar with awesome wells. In terms of awesome Sa- wells, Sa- yes. Sam okay. and I, or or son, has not yet to <laughs> dig any wells. So we can't. <laughs> but that's or son's oh. wells. That's completely different. I love that because that only works in your accent. And it, if I did it, it's, it's famous Hollywood actor our son Wells. <laughs> So, I know from my brother going on about it a few times that Orson Welles voiced a Transformer in the one of the cartoon Transformer movies. I'm really glad for your brother because if it wasn't for him, there'd be absolutely no connection, tentative or otherwise, between yeah. you and 80s pop culture. Like, you know, will Sam know about Transformers or He-Man or Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, no, his brother might, though. So, you know. yeah, that's what I picked up. He was in Transformers. Fucking hell. Lads. Yeah. Seriously, that's all you know of Orson Welles. I know he's in Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah, well, that is it. Yeah. I know sort of what he looked like. What, what does he look like? Because for me, Orson Welles is a very imposing. Hmm. figure at any age I mean how would you describe the, the look of Orson Welles sort of Wellesian I would say <laughs> I don't know like he looks learned you yeah, know he, he looks does. like he reads a fucking book from time to time I'd say he, he reads a paper as well you yeah. know yeah yeah a, a proper proper one probably likes a, a whiskey maybe yeah I don't know he liked a couple of those let me tell you would seem very at home in one of those old fashioned libraries that people had in their houses at one point in time you think that Orson Welles has got a big leather chair in his house back in the day a, a wing backed armchair ah yes if Orson Welles was a chair Sam he would be oh, a yeah. wing backed armchair that's, yes. that's pretty obvious I feel like I know he's done a lot of adverts <laughs> Because people have told me that. I swear, see, this is the thing. I think you caught me when you first met me in the yeah. middle of, like, a, a, I had an obsession with Orson Welles. And right. not, like, Orson Welles as an amazing director of iconic movies such as yeah. this. Or Orson Welles as, like, a absolute powerhouse of a performance with a voice of gravitas. No, I was obsessed with the Orson Welles who had mismanaged his money and had to do a load of shitty commercials in was his later years. Was that why he had to do them? Pretty much, like, he, he was kind of like Marlon Brando as well in the sense that he was just kind of Hollywood bon vivore who did things his way and then, you know, once kind of he got on in years, he ballooned up, he kind of was looked on less favourably compared to right. his younger years. I don't think it was Orson Welles necessarily his dying wish that his last performance would be in fucking Transformers the movie, but it was, you yeah, know. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I, I'm sure we could we could convince the Wells estate there was nothing wrong with that. Made a big impression on the Chaplin family, so. <laughs> I mean, I think when I met you, I was just obsessed with his ads for Paul Merson wine. Was he kind of like the Michael Winner of his day, you know? Michael Winner wouldn't drink the wine before the performance was over. Okay. You know, if you say Michael Winner, come on down here now, we're going to have you do three ads for Jacob's Creek, but you mustn't drink any of it until it's over. Yeah. He'd, have you, he'd have you on his word with Michael Winner, you know? Did Orson Welles have any catchphrases in his ad? But he did, did he have like a... Calm down, dear. It's a commercial, you know. No, he had some noises like... (laughs) And uh, my favourite Orson Welles quote of all time... The reading I am given is the one required for the part. Oh, Action, please, Orson. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, let's not forget... A rich, full-bodied wine... Vintage dated... Fermented in the bottle... And a reasonably priced... 
at a gallon of jug. He was all about that Palmerson, baby. You don't get enough authoritative old men advertising stuff to you these days, which is a shame. It's always young people, you know? Yeah, I, I kind of want... want a Geordie accent or something, and I'm like, yeah. give me a dusty old man. <laughs> I want mummy and daddy to tell me what I need to buy, yeah. like, you know? I'm a sucker for someone who looks like they know what they're talking about, going, you should buy this thing, it's really good. And I go, alright. I keep seeing Gerard Butler movies in the cinema because I think that he's like, you know... <laughs> It'll make him proud of me or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know it's not It's not right. So, black and white movies, Sam. Oh, have yes. You, have you seen many of the older generation of movies? Is this going to be a bit of culture shock for you? I feel like I've seen some. I've seen 12 Angry Men. Oh, yeah, that was going to be on the list, It actually. was going to be on the that's, list. And just so folks know as well, because I think there was some confusion in the comments. They were like, how can you do black and white movies and not talk about, you know... This Alfred Hitchcock movie. He yes. he definitely is going to get... Oh, I've seen Psycho as well. Oh, of course. Yes. Uh, but, like, Hitchcock's going to get his... He'll get his own vote and reign. That, yeah. that, that is obvious. He won't get mucked in with the rest, like, so... I don't think this is going to be ruling out black and white movies in the future. Like, oh, we've no. done it. Like, no, no. You know. We're just kind of going for, like, particularly famous turn-of-the-Hollywood-century movies. Yeah. So you've, seen, you've seen 12 Angry Men. <laughs> yes. And... Psycho. Uh, Psycho. And, I mean, like, I know people who will literally turn to me and say, I will not watch a movie if it's in black and white. Well, it's because you feel like you've paid your full TV licence, and it seems a shame to have to watch something in black. I felt that when I played the game Limbo. I bought that. I paid full (laughs) price. It was in black and white. Fucking disgrace. Sam, as we all know, though, Limbo wasn't black and white. It was shades of grey, mate. You know, that's, (laughs) that's the way it was, you know. And I'll be honest, if you see any actual straight black or straight white in this it is going to be mostly shades of grey you know that's no, a bit oh, of a, sure. a misnomer oh, oh, well, oh, oh it's grayscale swirl alright Mr. Technical know-it-all muddled swirl like you know <laughs> I used to be very sympathetic to anyone who said, like, oh, black and white movie, Pfft, uh, no, gross, rubbish. And I'd be like, I'd be quite sympathetic to that back in the day. Whereas yeah. now, I'm not going to lie, Sam, if someone was going to go to me, oh, I'm not watching that movie, it's black and white, I would treat with them roughly the equal amount of disdain as someone who said, oh, subtitles, I'm not reading a book. Right, you know? yeah, yeah, it seems I, a little bit... Yeah. Give it a proper go, you know? I think I and maybe it's because people, including myself, kind of associate black and white films with what's on what used to be on telly on terrestrial channels, like during the down periods where no one was gonna be watching TV, but I would be watching TV and there'd be some Summer old holidays yeah, broken a bit early and like why is this black and white stuff on the dusty damn? old movie on there? And it's like, ugh, no, thank you. I want something in colour something exciting and new. With Jim Carrey in it. <laughs> in Ireland, we'd be like, no, not dusty movies, dust in the turkey. That's what we wanted to see on our time off, you know? Yes. So, this one's going to be interesting. I'm not going to lie. I'm not like a fucking a grand lover of, of the classics or anything like no, that. No, I think we've stretch. talked about this at specifically Citizen Kane. You were like, eh, it's not, this is not your fave. No, I watched this when I used to do a movie review show yeah. way way back when, back in, I used to do a movie review show for Flirt FM, which is the campus radio station in, in NUI Galway, where I learned everything I know about broadcasting. I briefly thought you said Flirt FM was the campus radio station. <laughs> it was. It was fucking... It was camp as fuck, like. Mm. But no, I, I, that was where I had this kind of idea. It was like, oh, what if I like, watch some of these movies that are considered to be like all-time bona fide classics or whatever? You know, because I, I had a lot of gaps in my knowledge at the time, and if I hadn't done that movie uh, show... Hold on a minute. <laughs> Wait what? a second. 
It's true. I had gaps in my knowledge. So, like, I'd watch some, did like, kind of... Did you do pre-Cinema Swell, Cinema Swell? No. Like, well, you we... with the Sam? No. Well, all we literally did was, like, we just... We watched... Some classics. Once, every week on the show, we would do what we called the cream and the crap. And myself and my co-host, Cahill, he would pick a good movie and he would pick a bad movie. And then the other week, right. I'd pick a good movie and pick a bad movie. And sometimes the good the- movies he would pick would be ones I hadn't seen. And because he, to- he was a total buff, like a mm. 100% through and through, like you, you like a stick of rock, the buff went straight sure. through him. Like, Have you got his so- number? If, you know, in case... <laughs> well, this is, <laughs> this is yeah. OL, like, you know, you want a different Irish, like, <laughs> Come in here instead, you know. Guess what, Sam? You're the more replaceable one because I'm in England and there's fucking loads of yous around. You know, right. I'm, my, I'm, a bit, I'm the commodity here. I'm oh, the no, my, gimmick, my gimmick is not just English. That's not English. I've got another little, you know, thing. I mean, I've seen loads of films now. Have so you maybe listened to Cinema Swirl? What is it? It's that podcast where a guy introduces movies to someone who's from England. <laughs> And they're like, oh, because he's, he's English. That, yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a hook right there. <laughs> <laughs> What's it calling it? <laughs> so I, I've seen this and I did not enjoy myself. But when I okay. saw this, I was 22 and I also didn't enjoy, like, you know, most vegetables. So what the fuck right. did I know, you know? You've changed. You've changed I've, cha- I've, I've grown up some, mm. more mature, you know, weigh a little less, yeah. uh, a bit hairier. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got nicer shoes now. Uh, all those factors are going to come into play during this watch through. So exactly. So this is, all, this is all going to be bared in mind. So yeah. before we go all like an Instagram filter and super cool and black and white mm. and mysterious. Oh, just so you know, anytime you watch a black and white movie, just keep your eyes out in case there's one thing in color that's really like just like out of place. You know. Oh. Just never know. It could be in there somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. I've only All watched right. it once. Could be snuck in there. You I'll, never know. I'll keep my eye out. Keep our eyes peeled. You know, we could be the first ones to find it. <laughs> a little Easter egg. A little Easter egg there from Orson Welles. Let's dive into the mailbag. Hello, welcome to the mailbag. On the last episode, Kevin, we didn't even introduce the mailbag. Yeah, it just came I, right I just out had of to put the music in and just kind of, you know, in a natural place. You just knew once that music came, it's like, it's mailbag time. Yeah. I think the, the problem was is that the mailbag was in our hands. Mm. That time, because we were in the th- we're doing oh, we physical, physical mailbag, physical mailbag. In yeah, our physical so we hands. just thought, well, they're going to know it's here because you know we've got it in our hands. They can hear the rustle of our mate Russell brings the mail in and kind of <laughs> shows it to us. <laughs> Russell, have you got any more, mate? All right, uh, br- bring him over. Come on, here he comes. Here's, here he comes. Russell. Very get, quiet is Russell. Get out of here, you. <laughs> right. Don't don't like him. Don't no, trust these- him. These mailbag questions on this edition of the mailbag are all printed in black and white. Oh, wow. So I can't, I can't see all the pictures that you've normally drawn with the Wait, crayons. Hang on a second now. Is that black paper with white text or is that <laughs> the, the other yeah. way around? No, they've sent in um, a blackboard and they've done it in chalk. Oh, very good. Very wrapped good. Wrapped that up in you know newspaper and posted it. That's how we used to do things proper back in the day before yeah. your emails and all that. So... Our first mailbag question comes in from Gareth McKnight. Sorry, is this from cinemaswirl at gmail.com? That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com or facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl. It's from facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl. Okay, that's good to know. Good to know. As are all of the ones this week. But we're not... We're not... The email's fine. We've still got the email, all right? Well, is there a problem with the email? Have you, like, lost the password or something? (laughs) I love the email. stacking up the email. 
Like, granddad, no one's emailing these days, or everyone's like Snapchatting and Facebooking and all these kind of things, questions into podcasts. Just get get real and get with it. I know you want to do, oh, let's do a black and white film. Yeah. You can't police my social media activities. These questions come in from uh, facebook.com forward slash as well. And just a plea from me, the voice yeah. of reason here. Sure. If, if you feel like sending in an old-fashioned email, you know, like in the good old days, like in the yeah. first 50 episodes, <laughs> before before he went all flying cars on us over here now, uh, if, if you could send that in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. And make sure you, you put the stamp on it as well, you know, and yes. you send it off as well, all right? Good now. All right. Gareth writes... If you two were fused together in some bizarre and ultimately horrifying teleportation accident... Listen to this if business. <laughs> what mashup name would you go with? Hmm. Maplin? Chahon? The world must be told. Now, I read Maplin there, and I thought that's a great kind of benefer type name for us as an OTP. Yeah, I And also, Ma- it's a loving tribute to the fallen shop where we used to get some cables and microphone bits and bobs and an unparalleled expertise as and well. i think that i i think there was a campaign to get them to follow us on twitter at one point in uh early run i what? think so no God, I, that, you're right there was I, yeah. wasn't there we got followed by maplin also love honey but i don't think that would oh, be the appropriate wait, no, name for you us. tell me now that maplin went uh, we lost a follower oh Are, do, maybe I, is it wait is, is the maplin twitter still going is it worth- have we lost a follower Kevin, have, we go- lost, have we lost a follower now? On top of everything now? I've got some bad news. What? It's twofold. One. Oh my god. Wait, no, that means is it bad news and then worse news, or bad news followed by equivalent bad news? Look, let me let me just tell you. The Maplin Twitter account is still up there. Okay. Okay. I think the brand may have been bought out by someone else. What? Because it's it's still active. What? However, we are now no longer followed by Maplin. Are they unfollowed you kidding it. me? New uh, Maplin, much like what happened to Zavi, has been bought out by someone else, and they've unfollowed all of their existing followers, including us. So sorry, who bought them out? Heartless vandals. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, this is I. I was all on board for the bankruptcy. Now I'm now I'm pissed. Bring back OG Maplin. Bring back is- Image of Maplin, or we'll officially take up Maplin, and that's going to be... We have claim to that, because yeah. it's like Benefer, isn't it? It's our names, mate. So, yeah, we go with Maplin, but that's that's a real shame that we've had to bring up that. If they're active, what, are they, like, talking about USB cables, or what is going on? Let's... All right. <laughs> Let me go back to... You know what? Like, the, since Cinema Swirl has started, the world has changed for the worse in so... So many it's, ways. It's all but gone I so was horribly wrong. Not prepared for this at all. The UK's number one specialist technology retailer. Followers for tech news offers ad- and advice from the experts. Oh, has no one told them? <laughs> oh no. No, there is still a there's still an active shop. An online shop, but it's still there's a store. Oh, uh, you know what probably uh. is they've, they've probably got a big load of L USB cables in a big garage that they have to shift now, so I think so. I don't know what's happening here. Maplin, it, it definitely closed down. It definitely went out of business, and someone just bought up the uh, the rights to the name. So we've uh, we've missed our opportunity now. Is what? So that's it. Oh yeah, we could have got it. Well, we had the chance. We Fuck didn't get it. it. The but, Maplin podcast. I'm so much better than Cinema Swirl. Well, when Chat Chan 
closes down, we'll have to swoop in quick. Ah, uh, no, don't tell me if I'm Chad's going to... doing great guns. I'm, yeah, I'm going down Chan's the weekend. What are you talking about now? Don't tell me that's gone as well. For, for a lovely dinner, I imagine, at Chan. In response to your question, Gareth, we're not going to opt for any of these yet, lest any other beloved business go no. by the wayside and get taken over by thugs. So it's, it's a real shame that you brought that up, Gareth. Um, yeah, thanks, shame, thanks a lot, Gareth. Thank shame you. on you. Uh, next question comes in from... Thank you, Gareth, for your question. Uh, it comes in from Adam Howes. I love that you just couldn't, you couldn't live with yourself. I, no, I couldn't. <laughs> no. Adam asks, how did you guys become friends? Do you remember? I moved to Lincoln. Yeah. End of 2011. Start, I, I, moved to, I moved when Skyrim came out to Lincoln. That's when I okay. came out. Yeah, yeah. Because I do remember literally being like, I don't need to make friends the first two weeks here because I got Skyrim. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know... After those two weeks. After those two weeks, I I, I reached out, like, and I went to the Comedy Society, which you were the vice president of. I was, yes. And my first impression of Sam... That's Mr. Vice President to you. Mr. Vice President. Mm -hmm. My first impression of Sam, legitimately, it was a Uh very, very poor handshake. (laughs) (laughs) My first impression of you was that you were Canadian. For fuck's sake. And that, that was very exciting. As far as I'm concerned, this is all, this has started with you because you're the first person to misidentify <laughs> as Canadian. The first of many, by the way. Yeah, it's happened a lot since. I think it's just moving to England. Everyone's just, we, we have a weird he- sense of hearing in terms of accents. Weird sense of ownership as well. I can't recommend enough if you're, if you go into a university or you're at a university, join a society. Oh, yeah. If you've got interests, just join a society and you, I don't know any of the fucking people who are on my course anymore, but I know a bunch of people I went to the comedy society with. So yeah, absolutely. I'm doing and a podcast with one now. And even if, like I did when I first went to university yeah. and I joined a society and it was the most miserable time of my life, and it could be of your life as well. Okay, just, sure. Just do what I did and help form an anarchic anti-society called the Nothing Specific Society. There we and go. And run events designed solely to frustrate and undermine actual societies. We were the highest membered society in NUI Galway during my tenure as as gunnery sergeant of the Nothing Specific Society. <laughs> so societies are where it's at, baby. It's the fucking best. Yeah. That's how we met. Uh, it went from there, really. Just, that's how I know. met Billy Keeble as well from the Attitude Era podcast. You know, yeah. that's, I, I met a lot of really, really great... I met folks we went to Edinburgh with through the society as well. Yeah, it's great. And yeah. I don't think I met any enemies either, which is pretty good. No. And no, my no handshake has not improved. No. Um, no. So, some things never change. Some things it's, never... Exactly, you know? Like this friendship, which has always remained... A good, a good friendship. <laughs> this, this friendship, the fundamentals of which are based on a poor handshake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This friendship is the opposite of my handshake. Exactly. Is, yeah. Strong and warm. This friendship has just been overcompensating for that weak handshake <laughs> since day one. <laughs> one more question here from uh, Chris Lynch, who asks, if you could choose one Swirl episode to place in a time capsule for future generations to enjoy, along with a copy of the movie du jour, Ooh. which one would you choose? Ooh. Ooh. That's a proper tough one, because yeah. like, you're asking me two at once, best movie and best episode. Yeah. I am I really find it difficult to narrow down like what, what my fave episode actually is of the show. Um, me, me too. I, mean, I have an answer to this, but I don't have a favourite episode. I think maybe because it's like my favourite one from recent times, and I uh-huh. genuinely think that 
it was a very joyful episode, and it's also an equally joyful movie. And it wasn't joy at the expense of the... It was just pure joy for the movie. I think I have to go probably Mary Poppins, maybe. That, that okay, would be yeah. what I would pick, you know? That's a nice choice. You've got a fun episode, mm-hmm. you know? You've got a movie that is heartwarming. It's yeah. suitable for all ages. And you've got, essentially, a banging album there as well, because it's a great soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, all right, good choice. I what I would do, I've kind of gone from a different approach to what you've done. I would stitch together as as one long omnibus episode, which is you know, not within the framing of the question, but that's fine. All the Lord of the Rings episodes. So we've got about seven thousand hours of content there. I mean, how long that is? That is probably around seven hours, isn't it? Maybe more. I don't know. They're it's all like two to two and a half hours long. Yeah. So a, a long old episode and all of the Lord of the Rings movies, so that someone else may have to suffer with me is what I would do. Yeah. That. Yeah. Really, your choice. Look. Right. <laughs> you made your bed now. I'm still recovering from episode fifty and that those four hours that we spent with the Lord of the Rings gang. Can I? Can yeah. I ask you? Yeah. Have you found yourself? thinking much about Lord of the Rings in the in the weeks that have followed since then. A little bit. You yeah. Know. Yeah. The, the the image of, of Gollum transforming from Smeagol to Gollum sometimes sticks in my mind. The image of his little mate being dragged under the water has sometimes yeah. popped up in my mind. And the image of Frodo kind of like just about to put the ring Ooh. on his finger on the edge of that Mount Doom thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's still, it still pops up in my brain, just the visual images of Lord of the Rings. I mean, like, there's lots to learn from Lord of the Rings for you still, I think. Mm. Like, it's worth a revisit Is there? for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for instance, Sam in the movie, you could, could teach a thing or two to Sam in real life. Yeah. The big clasp of the hand. <laughs> Don't you let go. That's a fucking handshake right there. What a first impression. Whoa. If you were Frodo, I was Sam, and you were, you know, on the edge of Mount Doom, you'd be you'd be gone, because I'd, I'd try and grip, and it just nothing would and happen. And you'd be like, oh. <laughs> Imagine if that's how we first met. I was like, hi, I'm, I'm Kevin. You grab me and, Don't you let go. <laughs> Guarantee this podcast would not have been made. I mean, I can't do that with you, but I think if next time I make a a new, try to make a new friend, yeah, introduce to someone for the first time, I will do that and see what happens. I mean, I've made friends through handshakes. Yeah, you know. I mean, I did live shows last year. Well, you joined the Handshake Society, didn't you? I did. You know, but like, uh, because I'm quite big. Mm. And I I know I've got a pretty decent grip. Like, I try to undercompensate. Right, and I kind of like I won't go full whack that I can. I won't give a business handshake when I meet like you know a a lovely fan or something like that. You know, or and I I will try and dial it down to around seventy percent. Okay, I saw a tweet the other day which was like had a lovely time at the podcast festival last year. Adam and Billy had great handshakes. Oh, oh. Alright then. So if you're coming to the live show this time round, I've got a fucking hand on me like a traction engine. I will rip your fucking (laughs) hand off. I'll rip your hand off and shove it up your fucking ass. No, it will be a strong masculine handshake. Oh, thank you for your questions into Facebook.com forward slash in as well. Chris and everyone, great job, guys. And don't forget, fireside old timey emails to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's Flashy nonsense, vaporwave, uh, millennial stickers. Facebook.com slash CinemaSwirl. That's where the cool kids are like like me. You know, we'll fit in on the social media, guys. An old fuddy-duddy like Kevin will probably want you to send an email. 
Yeah, I'm just an email guy living in a facebook.com forward slash cinema swirl world. Yeah, just send in your questions via teletext, guys. Come on. Shit, get... I just realised. You know, we've always been trying to figure out a, a, a name for the Cinema Swirl fan base, other yeah. than the Cinema Swirl fan base, which is pretty much an impeccable placeholder name as far as I'm concerned. Sure, yeah. But but the Cinema Swirled. The Cinema Swirled. The Swirled. Swirled. S W O R L E G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? Because oh. that, that's, that's big. Like Swirled. Wayne's World, the little logo, but with Cinema Swirled on it. Have you seen Wayne's World? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah, all right. Sorry. Have you have you seen Austin Powers? Yeah. Oh man, there goes the Mike Myers episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that says a lot about the reach of Myers, though. I'm just saying that's yeah. impressive. He got to you. Yeah. You got, got the itch. You know. He was a big deal when I was like 11 or something, and kids would be watching those films. He sure was. <laughs> And from one Hollywood legend to another, from Mike Myers to Orson Welles, yes. they're, they're, they're peers. Did uh, Orson Welles direct this? Yes. Did he write this? He co-wrote the screenplay, mm. and he stars in it, and he's very much like the... It's the story of, you know, like what it was like in Hollywood when someone just wanted to make a movie their own way and have autonomy. Like many people kind of hmm. point this is like kind of like this is the type of movie that could only have been made back in those days because the way the Hollywood studios soon set up after this, it meant that there was too many people trying to get their, you know, too many producers, too many voices from up on high and that auteurs such as Mr. Wells hmm. couldn't get their vision out. Many say it is the greatest movie of all time. Are you, hmm. are you amped? You primed? You jacked? I'm, exi- I'm excited to watch the greatest movie of all time. I you would say, I'm exhausted. I'm just I'm really <laughs> not in the mood for this at all. Like. This is a lot of pressure. This is one of the ones that came up quite a lot when we were first deciding films to watch on Cinema Swell. You know, it's like, well, we've got to do we'll, something. We'll do this eventually. So, yeah. with that level of enthusiasm, 51 episodes later, let's go do a black and white Cinema Swirl. We're back. We've just taken a trip to the past and get ready to get rid of all those dusty old cobwebs and the smell of dander. It clings to the air Mm. because it was an old movie. Sam, initial gut reactions to Citizen Kane. Okay, my initial gut reaction is a noise. It's going, ah, like, you know, I I get it. All right. Ah, I get it. uh, Yeah, yeah. And how many hairs would you give this movie, Sam? <laughs> one big one. A big one. I get, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, ah. almost into a sentence, but not quite there. So that's obviously quite a good one. That's quite an advanced form of this. It's not direct praise, but it's it's approaching it like, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, spoiler alert. Yeah. There was h- half of this film that I enjoyed more than the other half. Okay. And there was one particular solid gag that I fucking loved. <laughs> So look out for those later. And as you can be assured, given the, the the time of this movie, this will be the definition of an oldie but a goodie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When when was this released? Was it the so nineteen forty one? The Mate, that the, was fucking ages ago. Re- yonks. I think officially is yonks. Just yeah. shy of for fucking ever and ever and ever. 
but not quite zonks. That's uh, an even longer length of time. Now, donkey years, where does that kind of fit into that? Because that came out donkeys years ago, mate. Yeah, no, this is more of a yonky deers situation <laughs> where these are very, very old uh, I tell you, there were some yonky deers in this film. I, I, I don't mean to be offensive, Kevin, but, you yeah, know. All right, mate, you, you call someone a yonky deer these days, they'll throw yeah. you in jail, <laughs> won't they? Like, throw away the key. Now, I must ask you this. In, in Citizen Kane, as we open up upon a, a gothic images of yes. gates and monkeys, mm. did you feel like me in being the world's smartest detective where you're like, I already know what Rosebud is, so uh, <laughs> checkmate. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Which I think may have, I mean, straight away, that's the main conceit of the film, isn't it? Like, what's, what's Rosebud? Let's try and find out together as a, as a film viewing audience. And I already know. Yes, yeah, spoilers for Citizen Kane season one, episode one. But, um, but yeah, we binged all of Citizen Kane here, folks. And the, the big payoff is that Rosebud is a sled. So that sledge, is that, yeah. sledge. sledge. I've been thinking about this over the course of the movie, and I'm not entirely like I was thinking about that, and probably more than most of the other important things in the movie that you called it a sledge. Sledge, yeah. But where I originated from, sled, right, sled. Now, sled. okay, so when you go and sit on a wooden thing and go down a hill in the snow... Go and sledding. 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 Sledging, mate. It's sledging. Sledging. You're going to sit here and tell me that I'm wrong, bro? I'm just God. saying sledging sounds like something that would be used in, like, the wire. Like, what is he doing out there? He's out sledged out on drugs, you know? Oh, or he's okay, out there yeah, yeah. sledging, which is like slinging, but even worse. Mm, okay. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's using his burner... And he's sledging, right? There's yeah, some exactly. terms for you. Some right. inside terminology right there. It yeah. all it all connects. I hope that this isn't the case that I just was a boy. This is the problem when you when you're when you're an Irish in England like this, right? You just kind of end up thinking that you've done it wrong and everyone else actually said it the way that you said it. But I'm asking my Irish listeners right now if it is a sled sledding, you right. know. Ice sledding. Sledging. Sled you're going on a sledge. Sledging. Sledge. Sledging. Sledge. <laughs> don't make I, me doubt myself, all right? Because uh, I'm doubting myself <laughs> as well. I don't... Right. I don't re- and, but, like, I'm even going to the point, like, imagine in your head, spell dead, Kevin. How is it spelled? And it's like, S... <laughs> and, I, and I'm not really sure I know the name of that tune now. I'm a bit... Sister uh, Sledge. Have you heard of that? That's a band, I think. No. Well, there we go. I know it's sledgehammer, but that's different. It's not sledgehammer. Mm. I don't think I'm like, you know, thinking that like, oh, you got a couple of sledgehammers here now. We're going to knock this nail, are we now, with our big sledgehammers? No, the thing is you can ride those hammers down a hill in the snow and it's really fun. <laughs> it could just be, Sam, that the only time I went sledding, brackets, sledging. Sl- sledging. That's sledging at gmail.com. I, w- I was a sledging fledgling when I was a wee boy <laughs> and I went out. Now but you're a o- sledding f- fledding. <laughs> The only the only sledding I did when I was a kid yeah. was when I was in school and there was a hill and it snowed and it was amazing because mm. I was in a school that had a lot of international students so right. I like had Nigerian classmates who had never seen snow before like this is the first time ever so I got to go sledding bracket sledging with with folks who'd never even been near snow at all so my kind mm. of my first time experience of sledding oh this was sledging. your whole introducing people to things they haven't seen or done before wasn't I think it? this, this could that's be the, how you the got genesis, the, the bug. Like, 
But right. it's just like, yeah, this is snow. And what do you think snow is like? Uh, <laughs> as I know they made a lot of jokes about snow on The Simpsons. So does it make kind of sense? <laughs> Tiara, yeah, I know it's snow. It looks at, I know it's mostly white cast that snow has. And it's a bit, you know, a bit, bit of sign of the times, isn't it? Like, you know, but that's just Hollywood, wasn't it? You know, when they were casting all that snow. That's a good origin story for <laughs> how you became who you are today. I'll, I'll take it. You know, I'll take it. But yeah, we, we went sledding down now on the trays from the ref, which was the refectory, which is where we got right. our food. So we'd have to steal a tray and you have to, because it was a boarding student, I could sneak away and grab a tray before you'd breakfast. Call it, you'd call it a tray? A tray, yeah, where I get call my... A, a trudge, mate. No! <laughs> <laughs> and I'd have to trudge with my trudge all the way back to the sledge hole, you know, where I could do some sledging. <laughs> But yeah, I went. I went zipping down the hill. Like it's it's the the first time I ever went sledding was uh, using a tray from the from, right. the ca- from what you would call a cafeteria. Yeah, yeah, sure. Very scary moment where I got caught because one of my sleds broke and yeah. I had to go nick a new one. And I got caught at uh, six in the morning. I went uh, to grab one. And I got caught by the chef who'd come in earlier. And and guess what? The chef looked like Terminator One Thousand from Terminator Two. Jesus. So That's he was all scary. like, Ooh. And I was like, what are you doing up, you know? This is ridiculous. Yeah, we're out sledding, mate. We're out sledding, like. No yeah. one's eating today, chef. Get out of here, dickhead. Like, <laughs> ain't no food. Only thing we're eating today is fucking Eskimo pie out in the snow, man. Out of the snow, man. So, Kevin, <laughs> Citizen Kane, the title card, I just want to remark that Ooh, I love that. Yes. I oh, yes. Just big, aggressive silent title card which i i very much enjoyed it's just it's fucking citizen kane mate here we go Boom. Come on. that's used quite a bit these days particularly in tv shows and mm. whatnot i know preacher does the big kind of just letters appear in the screen just yeah they're, they're massive there you're like hang on a second now and you have to let me take, take this a, all in yeah take it all in you know have a bit of a read here but it was mm. citizen kane very triumphantly there it was for an old-timey movie, it doesn't have that kind of... You know, like when Mary Poppins, you had the very long title cards at the start yeah. where, you know, uh, all the kind of credits appear. This was... Uh, no messing. Right, no messing about, like. Mm. This snow globe sequence at the start all, all felt like a weird dream. It was very ethereal, it? was it? very ethereal. And arguably a lot of the film feels like that, and I don't know if it's just because it's oldie-timey film, or what, and I associate that with kind of... I don't know, dream, dreamy stuff. No, there was there was times where it seemed like it's harder with a black and white movie, isn't it, mm. to know when they're kind of playing with the light a little bit to make something seem a little bit more wavy, gravy, or if you just need to kind of bang on the TV a little bit more to make it be more sharpened in the present. Yeah, but he's in this big mansion, Z- Xanadu. 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 I did if I wanted to. Yeah. Whoa, 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 what's that do? I've never finished Xanadu. Oh, what, oh, what, oh, what? <laughs> so we're at the start of the movie here, and our main character, Citizen Foster Kane, has died. And I'm like, is it? Hold on, was Quentin Tarantino making movies out there? Because uh, this seems to be in the wrong order. The character's mate, you dead you at the you start. Did you rewind it, mate? Did, you, did someone <laughs> not be, be kind rewind at the start of your movie? Like, What's going on? I liked it. I was watching the special English version. So right. when he dropped the snow globe, I went, Way! <laughs> And then there was one word on his lips. Engelands! Uh, they'll gather around and go, what, what is it? What, what does he mean England? by England? 
and, and then the, the Jerry, the reporter, has to go on an existential quest as he tried to find out what is England, and he interviews loads of youths on housing estates. And it and became stuff a like BBC that. Three documentary, and it was great. <laughs> yeah. It became a great walking tour spin-off podcast as oh, well on the, on the yeah. Sounds app. It was oh. great. I'm a big fan of Xanadu, just mm. as as a name, as a word to say it. Yes, it. I like. I just like. There's certain words that feel great when they're declared. Yes. Xanadu, the Xanadu, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, I feel like I could walk into a re- posh restaurant and just go, Xanadu! Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> a few people would either kind of clap or kind of go, yeah. hey, you know, it, it is an appropriate term to bellow. It's got some I weight feel. to it. It does, yeah. yeah it really does. Um, now, the version I got here must have been some sort of dodgy bootleg version because someone taped the news on top of the bloody film, mate. We get Ridiculous. news on the march. Which is a great name. Did for you the get news. the ad for Coco Pops Mega Munchers after the first <laughs> act as well, or was that just me? <laughs> I, I'd, I'd really like this little news segment here. It does feel very authentically oldie timey. You know, here's a newscast. It's all very dramatic. There's loads of wipes. There were so many different yeah. types of wipes in the in the news segment. I'll tell you what, right? This movie has got so many bits that are obviously have impacted on The Simpsons and all mm. that. I think it's so cool that you know you can see the fingerprints of Citizen Kane all over The Simpsons. Pretty much every establishing shot of Mr. Burns' mansion is like the Xanadu yes. mansion. Like yeah, yeah, everything yeah. Mr. Burns embodies, it is Citizen Kane to a T. There's so many. Even upon this rewatch, there were loads of little nods that I had forgotten about before. Even mm. down to the fur coat and hat that he wears at some point, Mr. Burns wears that when he when he's out and about. Yeah. But what I didn't really figure much on was how much this seems to have influenced Futurama because the way this news on the March bit is declared like this oh, is yeah. so it's like the... Futurama. Yeah. But it's great because certain bits have really reminded me of Futurama gags where they're like, what is Anadu? It is a collection of everything! <laughs> <laughs> now, Kevin, already we've had the main character die. Yeah. And now we get a brief segment here that pretty much explains the plot of the fucking movie. What's going on? Orson Welles has been given free reign to make a movie, and he's made a pig's ear of it, because he, he's cocked up. He's he's put all the best bits at the start. I mean, Silly maybe it, this is the bit where he's like, look, everyone knows about Rosebud, so I might as well give everyone else a bit of a boost <laughs> to kind of seem like a more of a level playing field. Yeah. Citizen Kane, he was a newspaper tycoon. It had loads of newspapers. I like the bit where you see all the newspapers talking about how he's dead in all the different foreign languages. That's good. I've seen that kind of shot a million times since then. You know, you get a spread of newspapers and you're flicking through them and it's all all about Citizen Kane. He was a fascist, a communist, and most importantly, an American, according to who you bloody talk to. Uh, Twice married, twice divorced, never elected office. Born on a Monday. (laughs) Hung out with Hitler at one point. Sure. I know, yeah, I remember watching this and I was like, hang on, oh, no, that, that's, that's got to be a red flag against Citizen Kane up there now, lads. Look, he's hanging out with bloody Hitler. And there's a whole bunch of lines in this that I would sometimes rewind just to catch again and check out on the subtitles and write them down verbatim because I loved them. One was alone in his never-finished, already-decaying pleasure palace. Oh, fucking it's hell. so fucking poetic, the language, isn't it? If you put that as a status on Facebook, people would be putting the UOK hun underneath it. If you're like, Sam is feeling alone in his never finished, already decaying pleasure palace. There's something about that. It sounds like it could be like a Bob Dylan lyric or something like that. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Or this one Fowl of air, beast of jungle, creatures of the sea, and two of each for his collection. Oh. Yes, because he's a, he's a Noah type figure. 
with proper his tycoon pleasure mate. palace. Yeah, proper tycoon. Back in the day, Old school proper tycoons. tycoons. This yeah. is a proper tycoon from like you're playing a tycoon strategy game. You've got a bit of everything. You've got shops and you've got gold and you've got newspapers. The Monopoly Man was based on Citizen Kane. <laughs> oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. unbelievably. But there's one thing that he could never do, Sam, and that's mm. win an election. Yeah. You know, it is tough. And also, this is kind of you know, what you hope never happens, an embarrassing moment, kind of, you know. I made, like, a, a, you know, gaffes in the past. Like, I've said, like, retired wrestlers would never wrestle again. Yeah. But I never I never made a gaff set along the lines of him saying, no, no, there will be no war with Europe. Oh, man. That's a egg, proper Michael egg. Fish level fuck up there. Where it's Absolutely. Like, the weather's going to be fine tomorrow, and then cut to weather being fucking awful. Oi, oi, mate, that ain't no face mask, yeah? That's egg on your face face that's what that is stop trying to hide it that ain't no that ain't no step routine get out of here i think they should bring back the news finishing by saying just the end big yeah, screen just saying the end of the end I, of the I news kind of went like oh all right and then, you know yeah. huh. an easy day at the office this one like you know clocking out early like you know gonna get on the horn to the wife and kids so this kind of obituary package is apparently not enough for the news people they want an angle and want something interesting. All right. Great Fight. line here from one of the newspaper men. All we saw was a big American. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you did. It's not enough what he what he did. We need to know who he was. His last words are the way to find that out. Find out what they mean, and you'll find out who the man himself is. This is like quite when you think about it. You know, for the time, and I don't know what the time is really. If, if you honestly want, like, because you know, I, I saw Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood recently, and it's you mm. know, there's a big homage to like '60s Hollywood, and I like a lot of '60s stuff, but I have no real clue of the dynamics or the politics of the Not kind really, of the, no. what it was like actually in Hollywood at the time to make movies. But like, I certainly don't really know what it was like either in in the '40s. But you can't help but think that this flash forward to his death, mm. then this newsreel, then. We we go back to the present after his death. Then we go back in time to his. You know, we we don't like go back. We go back and forth so much yeah. to seemingly undetermined like where you're going to go because you you think oh we go back to him being a kid that means we're going to follow him up now. No, you go to him being quite old then and then older and then younger and that's really quite a daring way to present your movie. It feels ahead of its time, doesn't it? It I does. can't say that with any certainty because maybe everyone's been doing that forever. But it but like, feels if like if someone did that now, it would feel ambitious. And this is yeah. like just to bear in mind, this is seventy. Jesus fucking Christ, seventy-eight years old. This wow. movie. Wow. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Imagine touching Ew. something that's seventy-eight years old. All the, all the dust on it. Oh, I'm not eating that burger. It looks seventy-eight <laughs> years old. <laughs> No, so this is the Citizen Kane of burgers, mate. It's top quality. <laughs> this is before all the chefs got and meddled with it, you know, and ruined it with their ingredients and whatnot. So the news hawks are out on the prowl looking for some juicy bits, and we follow kind of, he's almost like a, a substitute for the viewer because you barely see his face. He's bathed in shadow a lot, but Jerry, the mm. kind of the newspaper reporter, he, you see him from behind, you see him kind of with his hat down a lot. He's the player character. <laughs> he is. He is, yeah. he is the protagonist NPC version, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And we get to see even, like, you know, one of his ex-wives, you know, quite early on, knowing that she's already a 
drunken wreck. But so. she she doesn't want to talk to Mr. Journalist Man, and so he has to come back later once he's got once he's done some more missions. He knows yeah, that he can loop back round to there, and you'll get to do that bit later on. Beach buff isn't high enough yet. He needs to <laughs> get over sixty five. Mm. So he visits the Thatcher Archive, and yes, oh man, I love. I love the look like of so many of these shots. I mean, black and white movies, I historically struggled with a lot, and I got all the Twilight Zone like last year, and I've yeah. really gained a lot more of an appreciation for like just how certain shots look and stuff like that. Like yeah. the, the long beam of light coming out of the door at the far end, all the ominous kind of big desks and shadows and whatnot. Really fucking cool. I'm very fond of a 4 by 3 aspect ratio as well. It's been a long time since I've watched anything in that, those dimensions. Oh, mate, try watching on your PSP, though. You know, the, the <laughs> UMD would barely load as is. Like the, That changes the way things are framed, you know. Because yeah. I've been so used to watching widescreen films for kind of forever, really, in my life. I've not watched much that has that kind of framing. And it, again, the black and white thing, you don't mess around with colour, you're just working purely with contrast. So the way things are put on screen, the mise-en-scene if you pardon my French is is very interesting Mise-en-scene, mise-en-place is when you have all of your ingredients chopped up isn't it? Yeah. And mise-en-scene is when... All the stuff on the screen mate. The ingredients of the film are all in their place. Oui. Très bon. In in little bowls. (laughs) But, you know, like, it's cool that a lot of this is used with models, paintings, mm-hmm. like, stuff that I think you can actually get away with when it is in black and white, probably. You yeah. Know, we've kind of come full circle now where it was entirely artificial back then. They weren't making these massive, detailed sets like you would have seen in, like, Blade Runner and, or Alien no. stuff. But, so they're using kind of tricks of the eye with, with paintings and stuff, you know. You still think it's Xanadu, really, even though it's just, you know, yeah. you're showing you a painting in black and white. It's pretty amazing. It can feel quite theatrical at times. In fact, weirdly, Batman and Robin is a thing that comes to mind now that we've watched for Cinema Swill that has that same feeling of, like, being kind of... It has a feeling of theatre to it rather than a feeling of film sometimes. But I, I yeah. love it. It's great. It's yeah. beautiful. Mm. So he gets a chance to read some of the archives of this wealthy old industrious Thatcher, and yes. he has given strict criteria. He's only allowed to read them for like a certain amount of time. He can't take any notes. He's not allowed to take any pictures, yada, yada, yada. And we travel back in time to 1871. Monty, would you like to live with me, <laughs> your mother, your loving mother and father, or this heartless billionaire? Right. Let's roll. So that very accurately sums up my confusion with this scene. Like, why is he being taken away by a rich bank man? So, the idea is, and they kind of alluded to this in the newsreel, I believe, yeah. is that his mother, Olive Oil, her boarding house that she has in this bit of land is actually yes. on this incredibly lucrative gold mine. Right. And because her her husband and his dad's a bit of a, 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 a do-nothing and a bit of a, a jabroni, essentially, sure. her idea is, is to ensure that her son and heir will be able to inherit this incredibly lucrative gold field and not get swindled and actually know the ins and outs of industry and all that and to become a titan or a captive industry. It's like, look, give the boy to this wealthy industrialist and Go he will... away with the bank man and you'll yeah. be all right. Go on these quests. you got to do your tutorial now, you know? Yeah. I think that's it. I think <laughs> so. Yeah, I even looked at this synopsis and I was like, I'm still not 100% sure what's happened here. But when little, little Charlie, little Charlie Foster Kane here, Aww. little boy, the union forever. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, little did he know the South would rise again. 
<laughs> oh. He whacks Mr. Thatcher with a sled. Sledge. And it oh, is, this is getting oh, weird now. Was that? What was that? Did the mask slip? It was a fucking sledge, mate. I'm just saying, there is still a little part of me that thinks that all of England is just a one big joke at my expense. <laughs> There's this other country, you know. Oh, one day yeah. I'll come tumbling down. Like, ah, we got you. Ah. you. You hadn't gone there, but Sam yeah. slipped up with sledding. Yeah. A muffet of tea. <laughs> so he, he hits him with the, the sledge. Is that why he loves the sledge so much? He's like, I thwack that old man with the bloody sledge. I I love it. Great. You never forget your first kill, like, you know? <laughs> Did you ever, like, bop anyone, like, as a kid, like, accidentally or otherwise? Because I'm pretty sure um, most kids have, have a moment where they realise, uh-oh. Because, like, I think I've told the story of the guy in my school who, like, karate kicked his aunt from after watching Power Rangers. <laughs> But I think mostly my brother have had me and my brother have had little you know scraps here and there. But I don't think I've done any accidental. Not not to like an adult or anything like that. Dunking. No, I don't think so. Not that I can remember. I accidentally spat on an adult when I was six. Oh no! It was real bad. I did. It was completely accidental. Right. Like, and I, just, I was on this like walk, and they tried to spit into like a, a hedge. Mm. Spit went over the hedge and right onto a guy's back, oh, and he didn't no. notice. He didn't oh, notice no. either. It was really. Bad. Did you just leave it? You're just like, oh, well... Yeah, pretty sure it, was, it yeah. was just not acknowledged. It's um, weirder to go up and be like, sorry, I've just spat on your back. Yeah, I mean, imagine if a tiny little boy came over to you and was like, I've spat on you. you, you I'd rather not know. You know, honestly, <laughs> yeah. if that was me, I'd rather Ign- not know. Ignorance is bliss, isn't it? Yeah, I'd rather think a, a tiny bird shit on me instead, you know? So when Charlie gets to age 25, he's going to inherit... All this, all this wealth, right? You could get yeah. all this stuff and a and, stipend. And so we cut to Thatcher with old man makeup. And I'll tell you what, Kevin, the old man makeup in this is fairly convincing throughout. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. There's a lot of characters who get aged up. And a lot of it. It's mi- pretty mixed standard. results, but mostly pretty yeah, good. All I'll say is Orson Welles wish he aged as well as <laughs> Charles Foster Kane, like. <laughs> He, he didn't really kind of figure into the Paul Merson, let's host a magic show era of his career life. But I think, given that it's black, I don't know if it being black and white helps it or not. Mm, pr- almost certainly. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Because that gives a sense of grayness, doesn't it, already? Yes. Yeah. You know, and they don't look kind of ghastly and powdered, as I'm sure they did in, in IRL when they were being filmed. Mm. But I, I really liked old man Thatcher getting grumpy with Kane's reporting when he takes and over the newspaper. This is a copper consortium. Another thing I'll say is that Orson Welles is very handsome as a young man. He is. He's striking, isn't he's a, he? He's got a striking look to him. And he's dashing. He's dashing. I get it. I understand. He looks like a brilliant young man. Yes, he does. Well done, Orson. Well done. Awesome Wells, more like, am I right? <laughs> yes. Now, uh, can you think of any childhood cartoon featuring a character heavily modelled on both the look and the voice of Orson Wells? Childhood cartoon. A childhood cartoon. A famous animated duo. Famous animated duo? An animated duo. Rosie and Jim. No, uh, no, 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 God. Mm. Uh, uh, uh. Haunted, cursed Protestant I don't know. puppets. I'm not sure. Uh, 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 uh. England, England scoring goals, 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 goals. England! No, no? Huh? Pinky and the Brain! Oh! Oh! 
Yeah. All right. Well, do you think models on? He he is. That's not like a thing. That's the truth. The brain ah. is the voice. Brain. Model on he, Orson. He's got the, the the quiet intensity of Orson Welles. Quiet, you fools. And he's got that manic yeah. intensity of Orson yeah. Welles. The the way. I'll tell you what. Move over, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, Orson Welles has got the real people's eyebrow. You know what I'm saying? When he oh, pulls yes. out that, like, I'll run a newspaper for 60 years. You're fucking popping that shit. I, <laughs> I don't know when the point to bring this up is, but I think most of this film is Charles Foster Kane getting by on just saying charming things and everyone laughing. That's a <laughs> lot of the dialogue in this, is just, like, witticisms from old Charlie Kane. Yes, surprisingly, Orson Welles is able to thrust himself blindly in, in the artistic process into the character of the greatest man who's ever lived. Yeah. And I mean, the only problem was the idiot sycophants who couldn't live in the blaze of his afterglory. And the way he's running this newspaper, he's going to be losing a million dollars a year. And he says, well, if I lose a million, I lost a million dollars this year, lost it last year, going to lose it next year. At this rate, I'll have to close the Inquirer. In 60 years, am I right? And, you know, he's, he just dunks on everyone. He's great. I didn't do me maths now, but I don't think it was exactly 60 years later, but you cut to him going that, oh, I'm bust now, like, oh, yeah. that's, the, that's the end of me. Like. It's about 25 minutes later. <laughs> so, back to the present, the rose hunt continues. Yes. One of his associates, Mr. Bernstein, is interviewed in a very, very big chair, and if you want to make someone seem older, putting them in a bigger than normal chair is a make great way to do it. Make seem little and, and meek and, and old, yeah. Like, they're going to read you a big story about caramel. Well, Bernstein doesn't talk about Camo, but he talks about a girl he saw on a boat once. Because he's, he's talking about how Rosebud could be anyone. It could be, you know, just a, a random person you saw. And then he goes it's on about some girl he curved on on a boat. Yeah. Rosebud yeah. was that time I saw some skirt on the boat, mate. That's what <laughs> That's Rosebud my is. Rosebud. Yeah. Find your Rosebud. So we cut to his first day at the paper. And I yes. was getting time travel sickness at this point, Sam. I was getting, like, nosebleeds and, like... Where bleh. are we? Yeah. One thing that Bernstein says, just, be- just before he goes into the little time travel moment here, I was with him before the beginning, and now it's after the end. Oh. Fucking great lines in this. I'm going to go with him before the beginning <laughs> and after the end. Uh, after the end. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bernstein it immediately seems like a kind of comic relief character in some ways. He kind of he tumbles into the Inquirer while Kane is being shown around on the first day. And I know people get really confused as well. They don't remember if his name was Mr. Bernstein or Mr. Berenstein. You know, it's this right. very big kind of internet kind of confusion. It's Bernstein, isn't it? Bernstein. Bernstein. Bernstein? Mr. Bernstein's bears. It's, it's, uh, the jury's out about us. Hmm. He's, he's making big changes at the news house. Essentially, yes. he invents Sky News. Then he goes for his pact of aggressive investigative journalism. And it's all down everyone's throat. He's like, I don't care what you gotta do to get me them pictures of Jay Goody and Spider-Man. Hack his phone, I don't care. I want them now, you know? And that was just the way it went, like, at the news of the world. Yeah. I mean, nowadays you'd make a film like this about, you know, Piers Morgan, wouldn't you? And it would be really, really good. <laughs> and back in these old paper times circulation was like followers yes and yeah. newspapers were like accounts and when when a newspaper boy throws a newspaper and it spins around that's a retweet <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it's, it's a very like similar emotion, isn't it? Like you know. And Charlie Kane, he wants to be an influencer, so he yeah. he, he goes and hangs around with one of the other. He goes to the Chronicle and it's like, let's have a look around the Chronicle. Let's see what it's like to be one of the big shots. Six eight four k followers. That's quite a lot. You that's know, loads. So what he does is he's like, hey, look at look at their st- look at their great staff that it took them twenty years to acquire all that great staff. That means they've got that big readership. I'm just gonna hire them at my place, and then we'll get a big circulation. Six hundred eighty four thousand, mate. Take that. This is basically the movie equivalent narratively yeah. of what it's like to find out when you put in loads of cheats in a game and it's no longer fun like do you ever do that in like video like when i was a kid and i played doom it's like boom cheat mode straight away like god mode walk through walls whatever the fuck i wanted and like as a there's the a limited joy sims as though but i like cash yeah there was a moment mm. when i was playing like i used to always be unlimited cash in the sims always yeah. always always and I, i'm a big sims head yes and around a point when i was playing sims 2 and I was just playing it. You know, during a nice eight-hour Sims binge. <laughs> yeah, again, that Saturday back. Yeah. And then suddenly I was just about to put in Rosebud again. Oh, there you go. There's a nice little reference there for us. Ah. Get, get a little bit of Rosebud in there. Yeah. Now I didn't go for a mother load. Just a little bit of Rosebud. A little bit of walking around money, you know. And I, all of a sudden the game wasn't fun anymore. It's just no. Like, oh, empty. You know. Because if, you, if you've got everything, what are, you, what are you working towards? What are you trying to get? Thrills in the chase, isn't it? Like, yeah, exactly. You know, you can't just buy followers. You know, you gotta earn followers, and that's Twitter at Cinema Swirl and <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Cinema Swirl. Give us a bloody like, and that's how you do it. Yeah, that's what it's like, Charles Foster Kane. You ain't out there putting in the graft like me and Sam are. That's fucking blood from a stone right there. Yeah, we've not got, you know, dancing girls and songs written about us over here at Cinema Swirl Towers like, like Charlie's got. Oh, I was going to say that. There is a Sam, there is a Sam, a certain <laughs> Sam, a certain Sam. <laughs> <laughs> friends, he's known as Sammy, but to me, it's Chaplin. His mates are looking along, like, they're crooning along to this song while everyone's singing it. And they look, there's a shot of, of Bernstein and Jed crooning along to this song and they just I can't explain it Kevin but they just look very silly they're, they're slightly too close to the camera I think it's meant to be kind of like yeah that it's a bit grotesque almost yeah this yeah. like very silly song and again you, you recognise this one from The Simpsons as well I'm assuming like yes I think so you tell you what else I recognise it from mm-hmm. and I was going to come to this later but there is a White Stripes song called The Union Forever and I recognise all the lyrics to this song about Citizen Kane, and I also recognise a bit later where there's a song with this. There it, it can't be love, because there is no true love. And there's a whole White Stripes song that's just lines from Citizen Kane. What, they wrote out ideas? Sorry. I think so. It, it, it blew my mind. I was like, I recognise all this, because it, it, I played it over and over again in that song that I used to listen to when I was like 13 or something. Oh, Sam, did you hear that cracking new White Stripes song? A long time ago, in a galaxy <laughs> no, far away. Right. If you go on the lyrics page for The Union Forever by The White Stripes, it's literally just some lines from the film that they oh, made into a song. And I think they got sued or taken to task over this. And uh, He says here, if you buy a bag of peanuts, they write a song about you in this city. Now, I have bought so many bags of peanuts over the years, and I've not gotten diddly-boo. And no theme songs for podcasts don't count. <laughs> I'm owed at least a 12 LP box set at the rate of peanuts I've went through. 
You know, but you're probably in the wrong city at the wrong time, mate. I and I'm excluding salted and dry roasted. I'm just going on shelled here, assuming that's what he meant. You know, ridiculous. No, no. To prove that he is the most beloved, greatest man ever, he gets a special trophy for coming back from holiday. Yes, and he's also bought the biggest diamond he could find because he collects diamonds and statues, statues and trophies and, and shit. He wants all the nice things in, in the world, basically. Mm. Uh, and they kind of they point out the kind of absurdity of it because he's like, you know, getting them all sent to the office. So like they're in this little newspaper office and there's like the Venus de Milo and all this shit. He's like <laughs> a fucking supervillain or something. Yeah, and that's why kind of why love about this is that I attributed all of this to The Simpsons. You know, when they had Mr. Burns and his displays of just, like, his tedious displays of wealth. Which I thought was mm. pretty, you know, pretty powerful for a kid. When you're a kid, everyone's, like, fucking hyper wants everything. Yeah. And, like, I think it's quite amazing how they show in The Simpsons those early seasons how lonely Mr. Burns is and how empty his life is in spite of having literally everything. Yeah. Uh, but, you know what, actually, that is pretty much wholesale lifted from this entire movie this totally. is so like even the scenes of the you know the big collection of trinkets and gifts it's and you know i, I would hazard a guess to say that most folks who've enjoyed the simpsons many have probably not enjoyed or watched citizen kane and i just think it's worth bearing in mind though probably yeah. one of the stronger bits of it i mean man I've seen a lot of the Simpsons. You know, we watched Star Wars. I was like, man, there's a lot of Simpsons in here. Fuck me. There's so much of Citizen Kane, of Kane in the Simpsons. Yeah. It's crazy. Kevin, another line I just want to say, because I really enjoyed the line and I wrote it down. This is Jedediah talking to Bernstein. Bernstein, am I a stuffed shirt? Am I a horse-faced hypocrite? Am I a New England school mom? And Bernstein's just like, yes. Yes, you are. I don't know what any of that means, but I love it. I love it. Am I a stuffed shirt? My horse face hypocrite. I'm a New England school mom. <laughs> okay. Every line in this could be uh, an old Bobby Dylan song. Oh, Bobby D, baby, coming yeah. at you. So, yeah, Charlie returns, but he's got a social announcement. Oh, he's engaged. The greatest thing about that is that to when he's outside with his, his new lady, someone says, hey, everybody, lucky out here. I, I love lucky as a thing. Lucky out here. There's it's something a, going on. A simpler time, like. Yeah. Very, very simpler. Uh, old Newsy meets Jedediah, who's old now. Uh, mm. He says that Kane's a swine and reckons that Rosebud is a load of old bollocks. And doesn't mean anything. Uh, again, more great lines. Charlie wasn't brutal. He just did brutal things. Fucking hell. That's tough going. Ugh. <laughs> We don't, get, don't Bob Dylan it. I'm not going to Bob Dylan. Don't <laughs> worry. Right. That, that's that's a Leonard Cohen one. Is what that mm, is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not brutal. I just do brutal things. <laughs> His marriage is shite, and I love this scene where yes. it starts off with like, "Oh man, we had great sex and great breakfast." Mm. Don't like that you're going off to that office, but ho ho ho! Oh baby, once this spark runs out, he's married to the president's niece, which seems like a kind of maybe a, a power move situation. Con- conflict of interest as well, I would say. Mm, like yeah. this should have come up on the risk assessment for the <laughs> marriage, like you know. But they, they cut to different breakfasts, and his his attire gets less and less casual <laughs> and more kind of grumpy old Orson. I love how the distance grows yes, yeah. between it, them as well. It's, you say a lot oh. in a very short montage there about the breakdown of a marriage. It's, it's pretty clever. Yeah, because yeah, I remember like, uh, this movie, the first time I saw it, and even this time again, at the newsroom at the start, I was like, 
geez, that's an awful lot to get through now in the two hours, lads. Like, mm. are we going to get through two divorces? Like, you know, seriously? <laughs> we, we get introduced to a very snappy, rude Charlie Kane here. He, he kind of m- makes his way into, into proceedings. Previously, he's been very charming. But with his, with his wife here, she said, really, Charles, people will think. And he interrupts and says, what I tell them to think. Which is, oh. you know, that, oof, says a lot about his, his attitude there. I it's don't like that. Ev- evil Fraser is what he is. Yeah. Very evil, nasty Fraser. Like, no, you're like, thinking of Charles Foster Crane. <laughs> Charles Fraser Crane. I, I, was, I was thinking about Fraser Crane's evil alter ego, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> But yeah, he, he's he's so like he's so different when he's not surrounded by crowds of adoring people. I yes. think another another person who I would draw upon when I say is very similar to Charles Foster Kane in that he is like he he almost doesn't exist as himself unless he's surrounded by a large group of, of sycophants and well wishers. He's like Vince McMahon essentially, you know. He's yeah. this he's this insulated yeah. kind of figure who I feel if he's on his own he wouldn't know what to do with himself, or on his own in a no. room with a wife he wouldn't know what to talk about. Like, and you see that kind of grow between them as the novelty of him having the president's niece as his wife. It's like less of a and, you know, it's it's less of a statement, more just another thing in his collection that he's gone bored with. It can be quite upsetting to see this this portrait of a man. You get the the charming outer face of him and the inner turmoil. Jedediah says in in the interview with him, all Charlie wanted was love, but he had none to give. Ooh. Again, fucking hell. Jesus Christ. This is... Oh, it cuts deep. Now, everyone at home, you can just imagine it as a Bob Dylan song, because I've done enough work here now. <laughs> I've, I'm, I'm clocked out for fucking Bob Dylan impressions for today. Like, I'm, I'm over quota as is. He's, he's got grumpy with his first wife, so he, he meets his second wife, who flirts with him by laughing at him because he's covered in mud. And she laughs because she has a toothache, and that yeah. I don't understand for the life of me. No, when I've had a toothache, it has never been funny. Never. No, I, I had a toothache recently when I was coming coming back from me a little holiday, and mm. I got a toothache on my day of travel, yes. and it was so sore it literally brought me to tears because yeah. I, I had no I had no painkillers at all, and I was in Turkey, so it's like there was no painkillers in the airport. It's just it's not a thing, and I was just like, oh, what am I gonna do? When you told me about that, I was laughing, but you weren't laughing, were you? You were, you were really upset. No, in that case, I was the one who had a toothache, like the lady, but I was spiritually covered in mud and damp, <laughs> like Citizen Kane was. So that was a double whammy for me, Sam. Now she invites him in for hot water because <laughs> oh, she just. Oh no, I mustn't. You want hot water? And he's yeah. like, "Yeah, I'll have some hot water, yes." And he, he goes in and he's gone. Sing us a song on the piano now. Sing it now for me. Go on. And she does. She. I thought the way he sets it up was like he was going to play the piano and she was going to sing for him. But instead, he's just sitting back there going, "Go on, give it to me now. Give us both now. Piano and song. Piano and song. Do it now." He's quite cute. Because he's got a new person who doesn't know who he is. She doesn't know anything about him. And that's the novelty now. That's why he wants her. And she likes him just for how he is and his kind of surface charm. He he tries to be funny. He wiggles his ears. He does all of his... Oh, by the way. Yeah. Oh, you can do it. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. The first time I remember being genuinely... The first time I remember being genuinely outraged at an adult, when I was like five or six, I figured out I could do this ear wiggling shit. And I was like, look what I can do when I was getting my hair cut. And, and my hairdresser went, oh, that's amazing. I can do it too. And I go, really? Show me. And yeah. he was like, oh, 
it's kind of like a, I'll never forget it. He said, it's kind of like a scalp movement. And you started moving his head left and right. And I was like, you're just moving mm. your head. And I was like, yeah. I do not want this man to cut my hair. No, and that, that took you two solid years at the best boys' school in the world to learn. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think he's, he's very charming on a very surface level. And he's delighted when that works. And when that's worn off on someone, he kind of gets bored and moves on. That's a bit that you don't see in Mr. Burns. You you, you, no, you see no. nothing of that. He's just the the, the hollowed-out husk at the end. Like. Yeah. I know there are Simpsons imagery. Pretty much any time anyone's run for office in those first few seasons, you get the big stadium with the face and the oh, name yes. over it like that. And again, you know, they're not in a big stadium, nor... Do they kind of really make it? Like it's just, I, I, it's like when I see, like you said again, like theater. Like if I see yeah. someone really um, able to convey a big space in a small space, that for me is as impressive as any like big shot where you've actually assembled all the stuff together. I, I, hey, if you can do it on the cheap and it looks amazing, cool, do it. You know, that whole section looks fantastic. Um, it, it looks brilliant. It's iconic. Um, the the fucking look on his face in the picture is not great. It's like. A- <laughs> His facial expression. <laughs> like it's not. It looks like he's about to get up and answer the door, but he's in the middle of a poo. Like, yeah, you know, he's like, Whoa. Uh, you know, the trousers are up in one fell swoop, but they're going right in the bin after he answers the door. Like, and good lord, can he make a speech? He does a great job here. Yes, I will not be making any promises here today. I'm mm. too busy keeping them. Fucking yeah. great! I'd vote for him. Yeah, he's there with like education, education, education. Brilliant, mate. Yeah, no, wonderful. New Labour, come on. Come on, yeah. Sam, (laughs) I still believe. Got the blinders up hard there, like, you know. Uh, (laughs) He says he's ahead in the polls, which is funny, even back in 1941. You think in 78 years they would have become more accurate or reliable Mm. anyway? Nope, Mm. absolutely not. But the big night of the rally, it's really for now. Because even though it looks like he's a shoo-in to win this governorship, and you know this is going to happen because you get, you know, you get at the start in the news package. Yeah, his wife finds out about his little songbirds. Oh and, God! Uh, oh this, yeah, this is so horribly tense that her inviting him into the taxi to come to. She goes to the home of this woman he's been seeing. Oh! And he, know, she, she says the address, and there's a little moment in his eyes where he's just like, "Oh shit, I've been caught out here, but I, I have to go along with it. I have to be. Yeah, he, like, he can't do this here right now. You he can't know? just run away. Ooh. He's like, right, okay, let's do it. Let's face up to you know my actions here. Off he goes to there. It turns out Jim Gettys, his political opponent, has engineered this whole situation. What a bastard in a way. But also, he's exposing the truth, which is what a journalist would enjoy, isn't it? Jesus Christ! Back in the day, where you had to do you had to do it yourself as the politician, you had to go out and do the big <laughs> scoop and all that. Like you're yeah. running for governor. I assume he's the incumbent. Like what the fuck? Like have you got nothing better to do? These were also the days in America where being embroiled in only one scandal can stop you from getting elected. Imagine how nice it would be if that still still works today in America. Yeah, that was really funny because, like, I, I, when it was a kind of, like, showing him being, like, a super populist who's just kind of full of rhetoric and hot air, I was yeah. like, mm, this is a little bit like... And then he was embroiled in a scandal that brought him down, like, oh, no, this is oh, no, nothing no. like, you know, <laughs> this is nothing like that time period whatsoever. It's like, not realistic. You know? The only similarities is that David Bowie is, is dead and uh, populism exists. I assume no. David Bowie was 
dead, not, not born yet, not alive. In no, I don't think oh. so. I don't know. What's he now? What's he now? Uh, no, he's not. He wasn't that old. Or was he Ziggy Stardust then? <laughs> <laughs> Something that is later pointed out as being very cruel, but I immediately picked up on it was like the headline saying he was caught in a love nest with singer inverted, inverted commas. commas. Oh, that's mean. Like that's if, if you mean. and I got reported on in the Daily Mail and they podcast podcaster <laughs> in inverted commas, and be like, oh, <laughs> you bastards! Oh, and we get, we get the famous line here now, don't we? Don't don't you be worrying about me. Sure, I'm Charlie Kane, so I am. <laughs> sure, I know no better man than Charlie Kane down from up down the road there now in Drumcondra. He's he's a good man. He'll do the job for us now. He will. Yeah. He'll get the people to believe what he wants them to believe, so he will. That's who he is. Very sad follow-up scene at the Inquirer with the gang standing around the newspaper bit where it's all getting printed off, holding up the Kane elected one and going, we, um, we can't run with this one, we'll have to go with fraud at polls. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, not it's a sad fun. day at the newspaper. Yeah. The scenes where we see her in the opera house... Are so every one of them oh. is the most stressful fucking thing oh. in the goddamn world. Oh, Kevin, Kevin, I think it's time for the 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 solid gag that I solid love. gag. Yeah, this reinforced four by four gag. Oh, so right. This 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 can go off road. This gag, it's so solid. <laughs> he's uh, he's coming out of his I guess hotel or house or something, um, and he's being interviewed because he's still a, a you know a public figure. Uh, people, you know, journalists are trying to get a scoop from Charlie Kane. And his his new wife, or his new lady, who's his the singer, and they say, Are you gonna be singing at the Metropolitan? And she says, Charlie said if I didn't, he'd build me an opera house. And Charlie says, That won't be necessary. And we cut to a headline which is Kane Builds Opera House. Which I mean that's that's always sunny in Philadelphia levels of like brilliant use of just yeah. text immediately. Not after gonna the use scene. this thing, yeah. I'm not gonna do this action and the then gang builds an opera house. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'll tell you what though Top hat and a fur coat is, a, is certainly a look, Sam It is, yeah Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't pull it off uh, yeah, no, I tried Capitalist chic, I believe it's known as Yeah um, Her singing in this opera house The big tracking shot up to the rafters whoa, And then we see whoa, Who I think whoa, is whoa, whoa. Yeah we, we, we pan all the way up to the rafters And we see who I think is Super Mario doing a P.U. It stinks gesture. Oh, no, that's more of a Waluigi, because he was yeah. mean. He was like, Yeah, he was mean. Che- you didn't sing opera. You're <laughs> cheater. <laughs> and it, it's so stinky, this opera, that um, Jedediah, he's written a scathing review. But he's only gone and fallen asleep, Kevin. Because he's a lush. He's a lush. He's a drunkard. An uh, anarchist drunkard. And Citizen Kane, in an act that can be only described as a bloody Citizen Kane thing to do, comes in and he finishes the bad review and he makes it bad. He makes he still writes it bad. He's he's still got some honesty, hasn't he? He's, he's got something to prove, is what he's got. Yeah, that's true. I like trying when to be honest, Charlie. Oh, uh, another solid gag is when uh, Mister mm. Leland calls Xanadu sloppy Joes. <laughs> And he's like, oh, okay, I knew what it was called, really, but I just wanted to slag it off. Yeah, and I, I would say that's not a suitable to declare a word. If you walked into a fancy high society gathering and you went, Sloppy Joes! At best, you will alarm people. At worst, you'll make them expect you're going to give them something that you don't have. Like, Unless you're going in there with a tray of Sloppy Joes. Don't be declaring no. that, like, because that's... 
that's promising essentially you're, you're creating a verbal contract there is what's happening you don't want that you don't want to be alone in your never finished already decaying sloppy joes do you no oh <laughs> no. god that's sad <laughs> yeah. Just sat on the kitchen floor. No. Oh, yeah. Yuck. So, old Jerry, he's back on the beach chatting mm. with the uh, chatting with the second ex-wife, and she reveals more details of my idea of hell. All the rehearsals, the oh. stress, the fact, Sam, that I cannot discern between good opera and bad opera, an opera that has been, like, altered in same design to be alarmingly stressful and distressing. Oh yeah, so he's kind of forcing her to pursue her dream, even though they both know that it's not working, and it's it seems quite it's very cruel and humiliating, and I don't know why he's doing it. Yeah, is it who's he proving this point to now? You know? Yeah, I mean, he fired Jed earlier. He's he's gone. He's ditched his mate. I I don't know. It's very. Very upsetting, this whole scenario. I think what it is, is is it because he wasn't able to reach elected office, he just, this is his next exercise in getting people to think what he wants them to think. And what he wants them to think is, my lady friend is an Mm. exceptional opera singer, not that any of you would know or care anyway, you snobs. Weird thing. Um, We we get Jed ripping up bits of the... The program, I think, yeah, yeah and, and kind of flopping it around, and I think that's a Simpsons thing. I think I've seen a GIF of Homer doing that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. More yeah. in the. I swear, the bet there's loads we've missed as well. Oh, Kevin, you know what? We also see they they recreate the Orson Welles applauding GIF, but on film, doing his big his big clap there. I love that, and it's so intense because he's like everyone claps, and then he like tries to get the second wind going. Well, and yeah. you realise it's the polite applause, and it's not the applause of a standing ovation. Oh, there's nothing worse than someone trying to get a standing ovation going when it's just not going to happen. Oh, w- like. one person doing it. Ooh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Now, I have seen that gif many a time, and I've seen it in response to something where I think what the person's expressing is, yeah, well done, that was great. But for, I didn't hear the sound design on this. I didn't know the context. And what it's really saying is like, I'm desperately trying to make this work. People aren't really quite joining in, and it's the sound of just me clapping. It's a bit uncomfortable, isn't it? It's chilling. That doesn't come across in the GIF, you know? (laughs) Well, Sam, you know... If Orson Welles had been a GIF director all this time, I don't think he'd have been as as successful. I think that's why we can safely say that the GIFs aren't going to be taking over Hollywood anytime soon. Nice try, millennials. Yeah? (laughs) Charlie and Susan, they have a big argument. And, I mean, this results in her trying to kill herself rather than having to go through with singing again. Because the the ordeal of it, the humiliation of it was too much. Fucking hell. And that's what it takes for him to finally stop. Is for her to rather die than sing again. Now... Christ! What the citizen? <laughs> what are you playing at, mate? What they cut you here in the future, which is meant to be like eerie and horrible and all that. Mm. But honestly, if I could do that as a holiday, where me and Joe just get to house it in a big house and we get to play jigsaws and echo a lot, you know, where where the house is so echoey that you couldn't podcast in it, so it's a real vacation, you know. Yeah, I don't. It's not that bad. I I love a good jigsaw, you know. You think? I mean, it's supposed to seem bleak and boring and, you know, lonely, isn't it? That's the the idea here. The echoiness is just supposed to suggest they're so alone and so bored. No, 
one who's that good at jigsaws could be boring company. That suggests a level <laughs> of imaging in the brain and a thought process that means that there'll be a decent conversation at least. Come on now. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, they kind of have parties and they invite people around, but it, 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 they still feel very alone. And separate so from all their friends. Bi- the echoes are so heavy. Yeah. It's like I listen yeah. to a podcast from 2012. It's crazy. It's just loud. And they're on the rock band mics. Why did you think that was appropriate? <laughs> I was just going like- to fucking reference rock band. <laughs> okay, for this bit, they recorded it with a rock band mic just to get that extra echo in the room. Anyone can podcast. Anyone can podcast. So, in another argument, Charlie is confronted with the idea that he doesn't love people, he just wants to be loved. He, that is told to him, and in response, he, he hits his wife, and, oh, uh, God. I mean, he... Th- th- <laughs> now, instead, what they did in later seasons of The Simpsons is there's yeah. initially a scene where Mr. Burns chases children around going, Love me! And yeah. It's not, it's not quite as... Um, not as dark as this, but it, it no. conveys a similar message in a way. S- similar attempts, yeah. And he tries to turn the charm back on when she's actually packing up and leaving. He tries to do the whole, you know, don't go. Don't go. Everything will be exactly the way that you want it to be, and you'll be happy. And, and then the mask slips a bit, and he says, you, you can't do this to me. It becomes about him. And she, again, acknowledges that as like, oh, so it's you that this is being done to. It's not me at all. It's not what it means to me. The speech I am giving is the one required for this relationship. This feels like a good examination of some aspects of toxic masculinity, Kevin. You can't it's- do that 78 years ago, mate. No way. <laughs> it's for- it is, in many ways, ahead of its time. Sam, I'll tell you what he is. Charles Foster Kane, he's the old canary in the coal mine of toxic <laughs> masculinity, isn't he? Like, <laughs> what just say? Is this cool? No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> Great. There's a-, a weird bit now where they... She, she leaves them, essentially, and then we go back to current yeah. times, and she said, oh, I'm going to tell you about Rosebud. And then you get this mad David Lynch, like, hard cut to a bird going, Ree! and I yes. got well taken out of my socks. As a random fucking jump scare, for no reason, I looked this up, Orson Welles has said this was to wake up the audience. Brilliant. It serves no other purpose than to make sure they're paying attention. And I'm like, Brilliant. You know what? Fair enough, mate. I don't know if that's, like, the first instance of a proper jump scare or not but it fucking hell that it got me good that it did and it made me pay attention a lot yeah and this is obviously a scene he wants you to pay a lot of attention to because it ain't no classic movie unless there's a scene of someone trashing up a room (laughs) you're tearing me apart susan (laughs) everyone betrayed me everyone everyone betrayed charles foster kane oh hi doggy We we see the snow globe dropping again. Bullshit, um, Sam. I did not hit her. I did, did not. not. Um, Don't touch me, motherfucker. The old man makeup on very old Charles Foster Kane has somehow got a, quite a bit worse. I'm not really convinced by very old Charles. No, Kane. I'm convinced that he is an old Eggman who's here to yeah. give me special Kinder eggs that you know all have a hidden clue in them about something. 
it's very weird. But yeah, we see that whole thing again, the whole Rosebud thing. He we, starts we, whispering we, it to himself after he smashes. Love yeah. the shot when he's walking out of his massive house and he goes past this big mirror. And the mirror is so big that you even see him walk in later and you realise that the thing he thought was him was actually a reflection of him. And oh, wow, yeah. that's really... I like infinite mirror shots. Yes, yes. please. Yes, 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 yes. So who's the who's the lad who's like... Rosebud, I'll tell you about Rosebud. How it's much is it the, worth to you? One of the servants essentially right. gets interviewed by Jerry and he's like, Yeah, I know about Rosebud. He's basically saying one time he freaked out and he murdered it to himself and he said it when he was dying as well. So then yeah. it's kind of like at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark where they have all the archive of all of his trinkets mm. and his treasures. Thompson at that point comes to the conclusion, you know what? We're never going to find out what Rosebud was. He, he's too much of an enigma. It will always remain a mystery. Goodbye, everyone. And I don't think any words can explain a man's life. Oh, no, no, they cannot. If one word could explain your life, what would it be, Sam? Look, I'm going to go with what came straight into my head, and I don't know why. It was the word banter. <laughs> Sometimes I just let my head just pull the first thing, and I, I let it go with it, and it was banter. How about you? It's the hashtag live, laugh, love. Uh, <laughs> that is technically a word. It's, it's a, it's, it, there's no spaces, so... <laughs> <laughs> the banter and live, laugh, love. You're listening to Cinema Swirl. B-L-L-L, baby. That's what it's all about. Who needs BLTs when you've got B-L-L-L? B-L-L-L. And what this is basically like, I wrote down here, was this was uh, when they have the big zoom out. Mm. This is a shot of Kevin and Sam's combined amiibo collections. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all these amiibo he bought. All the cross-platform functionality in the world. And it didn't mean anything in the world. No. And when I die, I'm going <laughs> to... My last words would be, Shovel Knight. And they'll be like, what, what does that mean? And then there's someone's like lobbing a Shovel Knight amiibo into a furnace. They'll go, oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, I'm really glad that this movie was spoiled for me multiple times before watching it. Because even right. in this, my second watching of it... It didn't really look like a sledge. In, when they took it in there, I was like, what, is it a chair? What, is that a, it's a bit of a, a broken chair. Is that like, like a little fold-up tablet for putting a tumbler of whiskey on at the end of a couch? Now, Kevin, am I, am I a ding-dong mm. or a silly sausage? Um, I'm not sure I fully get what that reveal means or if it means anything. I think that's the exact point of the movie that it's meant it's to just provoke like, discussion and introspection and thought. It's uh, yeah, it's something directors do to make people do this uh, thinking business. I'm not a fan of it myself personally. The way um, I've taken it is that maybe people can get worked up about something and it ends up not really being anything or being something that you would have never you you know you, you don't see the forest for the trees you go you know the big story of this man but you never look back at his little childhood if you leave behind all the innocence of childhood and all the trappings of nostalgia and family you won't whatnot, have an amiibo collection you I'll will tell you that. not have an amiibo <laughs> collection but basically i think it is like you know he didn't have anything in the end because he they kept saying how he lost he had everything but he lost everything mm. so they do say that like rosebud was the one thing that you know that he lost that he maybe he could have kept that that yeah. wasn't going to be taken away from him somehow there was one point where he i think he said he wanted to go he was yeah, on his to, way to, to his mum's house his mum's effects were kind of put in storage somewhere in in new york and he was going to go and have a little trip down memory lane and he must have pulled rosebud out and gone yeah Oh, I'll be having that. Thank you. Yeah. And oh. don't get him started on his precious teddy bear Bobo. Oh. 
Yeah, well, th- and there we go. We've reached the end of Citizen Kane. We've, uh, the big reveal was spoiled. It but, was. Yeah, no, we got there. You know what? I enjoyed this so much more second go around. I'm not sure. You know what? I, I think this. I could chalk this up to fucking growing up a little bit because when I watched yeah. this, I was an ornery, shitty little early 20-something who didn't know my fucking shit about anything. And yeah. had very, very, very... I hadn't even got a degree yet, for Christ's sake. So, mm. I, yeah, I, I'd say this was a lot more enjoyable upon a repeat viewing. But, mm. I mean, this is your first time seeing it, and one with such a heavy... Heavy is the burdenous crown of hype that comes from 78 years of being called the greatest movie of all time. So, how did you get on with Citizen Kane? I got on pretty well with it. I think as a as a character study as a portrait of a man and as a relic of its time and also kind of a an a indication of what was to come in the future of filmmaking it was very interesting and i enjoyed it i think i enjoyed the second half more than the first half first half's a bit crazy with the you know the stopping and the start and just so much time travel i enjoyed the fall of citizen kane more than i enjoyed the rise of citizen kane right i keep yeah. calling him citizen kane why is it called citizen kane because he's just a man he's an american i he's get it an Ameri- a big right. american <laughs> he was just a big american all story right? of a big american right there i liked the facade crumbling away i liked you know that we witnessed the charm build up and it, see how much that can you know propel someone to the top but then when that falls away and you start to tumble down, it, it was it was really quite bleak in parts. It's certainly going to colour any viewing of the Transformers movie that we have on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, it, it, so rarely do we do a movie where it's so much about like one person. It feels like, but this is yeah. this is Orson Welles, you know, the movie. Yes. This is what he was compared to for his whole life and all that. I yeah. mean, it's obviously it was a name that you had heard a bit around before. Does this intrigue you about him at all? Does this kind of pique the interest, or is he just a dusty old big American? I'd be curious to see his range and what else he can do as an actor, because that that performance as a you know he can sell a bottle of wine. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, I mean the the portrayal of the man Charles Foster Kane to me was pretty fucking fantastic. I get the hype around that. Mm. Um, I would be interested to see what else he can do. I'm curious about Orson Welles. Yeah. I want to find out some more. I'm sure he'll pop up again at some point. Surely. I mean, surely, surely, surely he will. And I think it's only right that if we're doing black and white classic here on mm. on Cinema Swirl, obviously, I think next month on Cinema Swirl we got to go for the Orson Welles of bad movies. We got to go for Ed Wood. I think it's time that if you've, yeah, yeah. If you've been introduced to the greatest mind of film of this generation in some respects, you need to be introduced to one Jared of Leto. <laughs> oh, okay. I think, oh. <laughs> Main Citizen Leto. Oh, that's Whoa. of our generation. Sorry, I, I understand that. This is that generation. The, of the old timers, Orson Welles was all right, but he's no Leto, mate. C- Citizen Leto is the first movie that we made entirely <laughs> out of gifts. I guarantee you. <laughs> You know? And dubstep remixes of the Bob Dylan soundtrack also. That is on tap. So, Sam, I mean, Mm. in many respects, I feel this is a movie that... I mean, I don't know if I just completely show my hand by by saying, like, oh, for ages I didn't like movies that were black and white because I am a Philistine. I would imagine there's other folks who feel that way and I feel a little bit embarrassed almost. So would would you recommend someone to watch this movie? Do you think it's a who? Is it for everyone? What what are your circumstances for viewing this, ideally? Okay, so what I would say... Get a couple of bevies in, mate, yeah? Get a couple of bevies in. Pop out Citizen Kane on the TV, yeah? Crack open a few cold ones, yeah? 
Mm. Only one Charles Foster Kane. <laughs> what we've talked about a lot is the performance, the, the, the central lead performance. There are some good performances in this, but it, it, the focus has been on Orson Welles. What we haven't talked about, and the dialogue as well is fantastic. What we haven't talked about a lot is the the direction of the film. The shots themselves are, are beautiful. Pretty. The music is pretty great. Mm. Not, you know, mind-blowingly different it's from of, anything. It is of the time. It, it works. It's good. Um, I think as an introduction to... or If you're going to watch one black and white... And I say this having not watched many black and white movies. But this feels like a good introduction to it. To be like, okay, they, they are capable of being pretty remarkable pieces of film. It, you don't have this perception that it's going to be you know, poorly shot... It's going to ramble on for ages. Like you have to pull up with stuff. You know, that's kind of what I feel like. You, oftentimes, you've got to watch something black and white. And this, mm. when I watch some of the early Twilight Zone stuff, I, I admit to myself, I'm going to have to put up with some stuff. Yeah. To, but I yeah. didn't feel there was a lot to put up with in this movie, you know? No. Were you clock watching on this, if you mind me asking? Like, was this an easy watch or was this a little bit of a shifting around? Was it one, one fell swoop? It was initially a bit shifty. But as I got into it, I, as I got to about an hour, I was like, I was fully invested. Up to that point, I was a little bit like, oh, th- we've got a lot to get through here. And this, But I, I really got into it about the hour point. Would so the you, second hour just kind of flew by. Would you rewatch it? I think so. I, th- I, mean, I, I understand its position as a piece of film history and an important document, important text within film. I get it, and I appreciate it as a work of art, because I'm smart. All right. I'm or, yeah, I just remember there's that brilliant bit in The Sopranos where all the all the wives start up their movie club and they watch Citizen Kane first. And mm. at the end, they're like, I don't get it. What? It was this sled? That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I felt a bit of that as well, sure. But, you know. Well, Sam, you got to give it to me straight now. We, we, we have here a rich, full body movie, vintage dayage, fermented in the bottle. The review you're giving is the one required for the movie. How many star wipes does Citizen Kane get? All right. Great performances. Brilliant script. It looks beautiful. Music was pretty good. It it dragged a little bit at points. 78 years young. That needs to be mentioned again. That is yes. a disgusting vo- volume of time. I had a good time. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's the greatest film I've ever seen. And it might not be the greatest film ever made, therefore, because I'm the arbiter of all taste. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a respectable four star wipes. Four star wipes. You heard it here first. Oh, hello. I'd like to dedicate this episode of Cinema Swirl to my cat, Miles, who, unfortunately, we had to say goodbye to not long after the recording of this episode. If you're thinking of getting a pet, then you should probably adopt one from a rescue centre. That's what we do with Miles, and it's, you know, the right thing to do. So do that if you're thinking about it. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and the music was also by me. If you'd like to support the show directly, patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl is the way to go. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, that's at cinemaswirl. If you want to join us on Facebook, where the votes for episodes take place, that's facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl. And if you've got any questions, queries, comments, or other stuff, send them on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. If there's someone in your life who you think would enjoy Cinema Swirl, then why not recommend it to them? Otherwise, leave a review on whichever podcast thing you use, or just keep listening. That's much appreciated, so thank you. Alright, see you next time. Bye!